It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Wednesday edition, special Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, correct? It is Wednesday. Special Wednesday edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings. This is the first Monday check-in of the year 2023, Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. If you say so. That's that's what they tell me. (laughs) Fair enough. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the first uh, calendar year. Checking in the first count cal- in the calendar year of the Gregorian calendar, yeah. which we all ascribe to. Generally, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Pope Gregory must have been a genius to come up with a calendar that is still ascribed to all these years later. He was good. What did they do before that? Um, I don't. Lots of different. I don't know. Um. There's a podcast, it's called You're Dead to Me, and it's uh, um, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Right. And it's a history, history comedy podcast from the BBC. Okay. And they did an episode on the history of time. Okay. Uh, which was really, really interesting, and I would like to go back um, and re-listen to it. And all of the different sort of systems that folks kind of came up with um, for keeping track of it just, yeah, time, essentially. Yeah, and like... Oh, it's just kind of a mess. Agrarian-based societies, you know, they're pretty tied into the harvest cycle, right? Once, once we settled and we're actually doing agriculture as humanity, mm-hmm. uh, and so whether or not they had months and days, they, uh, they were pretty much tied into the growing seasons. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, that gives you some structure for what you do approximately every 365 days, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and folks, I mean, folks have gone by, like, the lunar calendar for a really, right. really long time. Right. Uh, and by <coughs> the various um, equinoxes, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And then, of course, we follow the liturgical calendar mm-hmm. in the life of the church, and so our new year here actually starts in Advent. Yeah. And uh, goes through the Sunday before Advent, which we call Christ the King Sunday or the Reign of Christ Sunday. Yeah. And then, then we have this uh, thing we call the lectionary, which is what this podcast is mostly based upon. It's a lectionary-based Bible study podcast. The lectionary aligns with the liturgical calendar, and it's on a three-year cycle. And we just started, restarted year A. Yeah. So the time is wrapping in on itself. Yes. And the lectionary was devised, the revised common lectionary was devised in like the 90s? 1970s. 1970s. And it was the Protestants How many year copying the Catholics. Oh. So the Catholics were already reading their Bible on a three-year lectionary cycle. And after Vatican II, uh, the Protestants thought, huh, 
they're kind of on to something. And, uh, and so the idea is that many Protestants around the world are following the same cycle of readings on a three-year cycle. And we don't read through the entire Bible. In fact, there's a lot of passages that are missed on the three-year cycle. And each week we're presented with an Old Testament passage, a psalm, a gospel lesson, and an epistle. Um, and obviously, I don't preach on all four of those. I will usually read two of them, and the sermon tries to tie some connections to them. But, but it is true, then, that as I approach my sixth year here, which mm-hmm. will be in March, mm-hmm. I will have preached through the lectionary cycle twice. And I don't know, I don't know yeah. what do we do after that? <laughs> you just preach you just, through it a, a third time? You just keep swimming. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. Um, so yeah, and the so the lecture so the lectionary reading for this week. Uh, it has to do with the baptism of, of Jesus, one portrayal right. of the baptism of Jesus. And we're going to get to that in just a second. First, we're going to have a word of prayer. So you or me? I'll open us up with prayer. Okay. Let's pray. Gracious God, we humans like marking of time, and so we thank you for uh, this new year. And for what that means, uh, we pray, God, that you be with us for those who have made resolutions. May we resolve to live lives that more fully express our faith, uh, that express your love for us, and in turn, our love for the world, that you encourage us, that you invite us, that you direct us to share. Today, as we read through the passage of Jesus' baptism, God, may we find new insights. May we think about what this story means for us and our own walk of faith and our own baptism and what it means every time we say uh, the words of baptism and every time the congregation witnesses a baptism. May all of that be part of this conversation today and may it enter into our hearts and our minds and God bless the, the, the writing of the sermon that will be delivered on Sunday on this same passage. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So a couple of readings this, uh, for this coming Sunday. One from Isaiah chapter 42 and one from the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, first from Isaiah 42, 1 through 9, it reads something like this. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I presume that this is God talking here. This is God talking. Yep. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. 
I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, see, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And that's how that one reads. And then from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. That's how that ends as well. Greg, what do you got? Well, I think um, we can see the connection why the those who made the lectionary selections would have paired these two verses together because the Isaiah 42.1 um, is kind of a quote uh, from what God's voice says after Jesus is baptized, right? So 42.1 opens with, Here is my servant whom I, uphold, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. And then you have a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And so there's obviously a, a connection there between those two, um, the Isaiah prophecy and, and, of course, the baptism of Jesus. It's similar. I wouldn't. I would hesitate to call it a quote. No, that's that's fair. It's a paraphrase, perhaps. Yeah, it's a it's a, of a similar sentiment, right? And the Isaiah passage. This is Isaiah uh, anticipating the anointing of a king, mm-hmm. of a leader uh, who would lead the people out of exile, right? Yep. And and back to their home. Um, in Jerusalem. And it, so I, I think that this Isaiah passage gives us an idea of what are the things that a person who has been appointed by God supposed to be doing? Right. And, that, and, and how are they to be behaving? Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and and Jesus in Jesus baptism he's I think we see Jesus as continuing in that tradition mm-hmm. right of leaders anointed for a particular purpose right right or called by God for a particular purpose and the Isaiah passage that purpose is uh, to lead the folks out of the dungeons uh, in Babylon and and back home um, and to establish peace and righteousness and justice yep. in the kingdom. Um, and, and Jesus, I forget, we just read all of these birth narratives. <laughs> um, but he's, Jesus was referred to as 
Emmanuel and the Messiah in Matthew, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so, you know, Jesus is anointed with this particular mission or calling to save people from their sins. Right. Um, as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. One question that always comes up is, why does Jesus need to be baptized? That question does come up <laughs> almost every year, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we think about our Reformed Christian understanding of baptism, um, it is in part a sign and a symbol of people being cleansed by the water, being saved from their sins, right? Mm -hmm. But also our Reformed theological understanding of baptism is that it's about a covenant being made within the community, right? So this is a Mm -hmm. community act. Like we Presbyterians don't do private baptisms. We always do baptism as part of a worship service where there is a congregation there to witness to that. And they don't just witness passively, they, they witness actively and, and, and they even say something. We invite them to affirm um, something that says that we are all in this together. We are a community that is committing to raise this person, typically an infant or a child, but sometimes an adult in the faith. And so um, I think that, that that's an important part of our understanding of baptism. And so to me, that hints at answering the question as to why Jesus needed to be baptized, because this is the community witnessing to and acknowledging this sort of adoption into this community to, to become part of this community and the community saying, we're going to support you. And, and, and in turn, you're making a commitment to this community. And to me, that's maybe part of the reason that mm-hmm. Jesus uh, was baptized. Yeah, I think certainly that that could be. I think it also demonstrates a certain sort of um, of humility mm-hmm. on um, on the part of Jesus and um, Jesus willingness, I suppose, to to follow God's lead. Yeah. Um, in some ways, so the baptism that. It's, it's, it's described in other places, not in this passage, as uh, John is baptizing people at the Jordan for the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus sort of um, being humble enough to recognize, um, and this is, and then we also talk about Jesus being both fully human and fully divine. Mm-hmm. Um and but to me, a lot of it is about sort of this this recognition of Jesus and say, like I I'm here to uh, serve a purpose, I suppose, mm-hmm. and and that purpose will be shown to be to me by God, mm-hmm. and not this is not this is not my own vision. Um, this is a vision that has been given to me. Uh, and being willing to subject himself to God's authority, I think, is is also part of it. Not my will, but thine. Yeah. 
so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, and it he, also I think is supposed to be. This is also supposed to be a scriptural echo of the anointing of kings. Yeah, as well. I, I think, but yeah, I, I think those are all. Yeah, humility, uh, submission to God. I think there's a there. There's a solidarity with humanity. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a, I think a better way of, of saying what I'm, <laughs> what I think I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then and then how I opened the answer to that question of overlaying our reformed understanding, uh, theological understanding of baptism as a sacrament that it's a it's a it's a joining of the community. It's a commitment that's being made um, to the community on behalf of the one being baptized and on behalf of those who are witnessing the baptism. Right. Which, yes. which ties into the, some of the solidarity and the humility as well. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sign of entrance into a community, mm-hmm. um, certainly, uh, for John and his followers. Um, there's also, depending on which version of the gospel account you read, mm-hmm. um, it brings up the question of who hears the voice and who sees the voice. Hmm. Right? Um, like, there's no crowds described here. Uh, I think in the Luke version, there's crowds there. Uh, And then in verse 16, when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. So in some ways, this is also a, a confirmation to Jesus of, I, I'm putting my spirit upon you. Mm-hmm. Like, see this dove descending and alighting on, on you. Right. <laughs> and like, do other people see it? I don't know. And then the voice kind of switches and seems to address other people who are there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the voice is just addressing John. But yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's an echo back of the Isaiah 42 passage too, right? So I read the, here is my servant who I'm out, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, right? Yes. And so there's, there's a parallel structure there between the Isaiah 42, 1, and then um, the... Yeah, and even the, like in the Isaiah in the forty-two five, right? In that path in six, it it switches. It's that's direct address to the one being mm-hmm. anointed. Right. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand right. and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people and a light to the nations. Um, and in some in some ways, I think that we might imagine. God speaking those words to anyone who is baptized, right, or maybe not even baptized, um, anyone who who finds a, a calling to follow Jesus, yeah, right. Uh, um, one of my favorite songs. It's now become a hymn, which is nice. <laughs> maybe yours as well. It's called the summons. Um, would you would you come and follow me if I but called your name? Right? Would you set the captives free and blah blah blah? But it, it really 
personalizes um, this sort of the sense of calling. And it's not, and I think it helps us to sort of widen baptism from uh, here's a blessing for you mm-hmm. to here's a blessing and a calling to you. Yeah. Um, which I th- which I think is kind of implied um, in some ways um, in the Matthew passage. I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, I mean that you're talking about the way that we do baptism typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's questions for the congregation mm-hmm. in there, and there's questions for the, the parents, right? <laughs> when it's when it's an infant or a child, yeah. yeah. And the questions are like kind of action oriented, absolutely. Some of them, yeah. Right? Do you commit to raise this child in the faith, right, <laughs> as best as you are able? Um, and for the congregation, do you commit to support this child and this family? Mm-hmm. And help them to grow in the faith. And we ask questions to any kiddos that are there. Yeah. As well. Do you do you promise to love? Is that share right? the love of Christ with? Mm-hmm. Yep. And treat them like your sibling. Yep. And those are like action oriented things. Right, because yeah. an, an infant can't necessarily commit to those actions, but the right. community is committing to those actions on behalf of that infant, knowing that that, that hopefully the infant will. And in our tradition, the infant then takes on and claims their faith throughout their childhood, but then particularly at the at the time of confirmation, yeah. right? And so that's um, yeah. And we have this. We also have this uh, this prayer that I read that's uh, that's adapted from the French Reformed Church baptismal prayer, uh, where we're telling this child um, what what is happening to them today. Mm-hmm. And and we say that uh, even though you do not know any of this yet, but we will continue to tell you this good news until it becomes your own. And so the promise of the gospel is fulfilled that we love because God first loved us. And so that's um, that's not a required part of the Presbyterian baptismal liturgy, but it's something that uh, that we've added that I think is uh, meaningful and gets at the core of of what baptism means for us. And I think also reflects back then onto uh, onto Jesus' own baptism that we'll be reading about and celebrating on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we sing that little "God Claims You" song. Yeah, which is also, I mean, that's also very rem- like reminiscent of this Matthew passage of "This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased." Mm-hmm. That's a that's a claiming, right? Kind of a sentence, absolutely, right? Um, and this, and it's also this passage is, you know, this is sort of the public declaration of the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right? Um, Matthew is the one where the family has to flee to Egypt, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, um, and then make their way back, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and there's this, you know, the whole, like, crossing over waters thing as well, which is, you know, uh, reminiscent of the, the 
there's a lot of water. <laughs> the flood yes. narrative and the Red Sea. Yep. And the just kind of on and on it goes. But. Unfortunately, it does not take Mary, Joseph, and Jesus 40 years to cross from right. uh, mm-hmm. the promised land to Egypt and back, mm-hmm. which they do both. Um, Matthew also recalls uh, Jesus' circumcision, mm-hmm. which uh, some churches have a whole Sunday where they focus on that. Um, that That is typical of the Matthew narrative where it's trying to tie in Jesus' uh, Jewish heritage mm-hmm. with uh, his present life. And so that's another way to do that. Um, yeah. Come. So you think this will preach? I, I think it'll preach. I do. I do. I suspect that it will as well. I, I, there's part of me that wishes we had scheduled a baptism for this Sunday because it would have been fun to do a baptism on. We did that last year, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I think we baptized um, you and Eckhart on baptism of Jesus Sunday. Sure. Well, there kind of has to be a kid that's like of baptism, that's eligible for baptism. Yeah, and not then, necessarily. Like, there needs to be someone who's eligible for baptism right. in order to schedule it. Yes, and and that <laughs> one worked out in that uh, Ewan was actually supposed to be baptized the previous April, but uh, was sick, and then there was scheduling issues with the family and etc. But it all worked out uh, beautifully last year to baptize a child on baptism of Jesus Sunday. Mm-hmm. But uh, that did not work out this year. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of going with the whole, like, kind of reminding everyone of the meaning of their baptism. If I do it right, they were. that's how it will work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. I might even make my way down to the font during the sermon. Yeah? Perhaps. Perhaps. We'll see if my leg is carrying me down there. Which font are you going to go to? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a fair question. <laughs> Damon, of course, is referencing the fact that we have uh, two fonts in front of in the front of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. Mm. And so um, and I sometimes Mentioned that that's not necessarily theologically or liturgically appropriate, but then it turns out during COVID we had two baptisms scheduled for one Sunday, and so we were able to separate the families and the children and not risk the spread of COVID between families. So it worked out really well to have two baptismal fonts in the church. So you know, it's all good. It's all it's it's all fine. That's just hopefully the liturgical police are not listening to this podcast today. What would you if you had like a like a fancy bowl of some sort mm-hmm. like you could just you could put that on the communion table are we doing communion on Sunday oh uh, we are not okay then you could put that on the communion table and just you know do it there yeah have a, you know, a pitcher of water also true though there are some purists who say that the only thing that belongs on that table would be the communion elements and possibly a bible I'm not one of those people. Uh, nor am I. <laughs> but there are some of those people out there. <laughs> it seems rigid to me. Yeah. 
if all of these things are there to help us to convey the Holy Spirit to us, then seems like they'll have a place there. Seems so, reasonable. What do I know? Should we switch gears? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the life of our church. So we uh, we made it through Advent and Christmas Eve, and then you all had a breakfast brunch on Christmas Day. How'd that go? Didn't it went well? Yeah, brunch was eaten, songs were sung, tables were added. I understand tables and chairs needed to be pulled out. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good sign. Affirmation of of faith was created. Oh, that was the in the moment. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was really, it was good. It was fun. Should we use that affirmation of faith in worship? Uh, I'd have to go. I didn't write it down. You I'd go have back. to go back to the recording and you go back and listen it. to the recording. Yeah, I suppose I could. Let's uh, let's think about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so now it's uh, it's the new year, and uh, so our programs are firing back up here at the church. We do not have Wednesday Night Live tonight. Uh, this is Wednesday, uh, January fourth. Yep. Uh, but we do have uh, adult chancel choir rehearsal and adult chancel handbells rehearsal. Um, and then Sunday, we're, we're fully back into the swing of things. We have uh, Sunday school for all ages, uh, from mm-hmm. you know little ones all the way up to uh, not-so-little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have an adult ed forum as well on Sunday. We do. It's, we're starting a three-part uh, adult ed forum forum series taking a look at passages that are not in the revised common lectionary passages of scripture <clears throat> excuse me um that we oftentimes overlook or don't read or whatever the case may be uh, the forum takes place at 9 15 a.m on sunday mornings you, Greg, are going to lead the first one I am. of these, and then the next ones will be led by um, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh and Reverend Doodle Harris for the next two weeks. So, yeah, I think that'll be <clears throat> really interesting. It'll give folks an opportunity to sort of hear and think about things that they uh, otherwise might never know uh, or even in the Bible, really, or maybe they heard it. They heard a rumor about it someplace. Um, they've always been wanting, is that really in there or not? There we go. So there you go. So, and uh, that is this Sunday, January 8th. Uh, we're also back to our regular service schedule. So we'll have our uh, contemplative to style worship in the chapel at 830 in the morning. Um, our Sunday school hour at 9.15, and then our traditional worship at 10.30. Uh, at the 10.30 service, we're going to be joined by the chancel choir as well as cathedral brass. Uh, so that promises to, uh, if you haven't already rung in the new year, that would be the time to ring in the new year. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Should be really nice. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the next Sunday, January 15th, uh, we're very excited because we're going to have a guest organist helping to lead worship and then also doing a concert on the afternoon of the 15th. The organist is out of Atlanta. His uh, name is Jens Korndorfer, and uh, he was actually the principal organist at the last church I served, First Pres Atlanta. But in addition to being an organist at a church, he's also a world-renowned concert organist. And so uh, he's going to come and put our organ through its paces. Mm. What's cool about this, one of the cool things, 
this 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 guy could sit down at almost any instrument and make it sing, but uh, he takes his his art form so seriously that he's actually flying in on Friday night and he's going to spend Saturday just practicing and getting used to our organ before he leads worship on Sunday on the fifteenth and then does a concert on the fifteenth at sure. three o'clock. Um, and I haven't checked, but I I bet we'll live stream the concert. I need to get permission to do that. Okay. But if we do, for those who are listening to the Monday check-in who can't be here in person, there's a decent chance that the Oregon concert will be live streamed. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be nice to be able to do. Yeah. For folks. So, um, if you want to attend in person, is there a cost? It's free. Okay. This is uh, thanks in part to the Langenberg legacy money. And so we're pretty excited. Um, this year, 2023, is actually the 150th anniversary of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. You're going to be hearing a lot about that over the next uh, 361 days uh, because we have a lot of really exciting things planned uh, to celebrate the 150th anniversary of this church and all the ways that it has been a source for, for good and love and light in this community, including a lot of great musical opportunities, some service opportunities, uh, and other things. So stay tuned. But this will be our kickoff event of the 150th anniversary of the church, and will be followed by a lot of really cool things, including uh, we've got a jazz uh, mass or jazz service planned. We've got a, a bluegrass service planned. We have one of Bach's cantatas planned as a worship service. And then uh, next Advent, we have a choral cantata that has been written by uh, somebody who grew up in this church, a child of this church, and uh, tells the story of, um, well, of God and, and of Jesus through the voices of women in the Bible, uh, culminating in, of course, the birth of Jesus, uh, written by uh, someone that uh, the Damon knows and, and loves, actually. Sure. Yeah. So you're not going to tell him who I thought you were going to. Oh, okay. It's Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah Jensen Heitman uh, has written an original choral cantata. That will be the culmination of our 150th anniversary. So that was a lot of information, but we will keep you updated throughout the year as the different 150th anniversary events go on. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and on January 29th, in order to, um, Officially, I suppose, wrap up the 149th year uh, and lead into the 150th year is the congregational meeting. Yes. Um, that's on Sunday morning. Uh, we usually start it like, towards the end of the 1030 service. Yep. We'll, right? so, we'll do a slightly shortened service so we can kick off the congregational meeting about 1115. And all are welcome to attend the congregational meeting. We have transparency in how we govern ourselves as a church. And then all uh, members of the church uh, vote on the issues that will be before the congregation. Uh, Nothing too exciting coming up except, uh, of course, the election of officers and uh, affirmation of the budget and the renewal of uh, your contracts with me and Damon. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's January 29th. Anything else? I think uh, I think the, that for the good of the gander covers the good of the gander for this week. Okay. Well, then let's pray. All right. Loving and gracious God, as we more fully enter into this new year, help us to enter into it mindful of. 
the blessing that you have given us, the blessing of your love, of your forgiveness, of your mercy and grace, and also mindful of the calling that you have placed upon our lives to live lives that are that foster righteousness, that foster justice, that foster kindness and generosity and love and compassion and empathy and, uh, and even self-control. Um, all the good things, oh God, help us to live into the baptisms that we have received. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.